fantasy football today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. Gronkless Fantasy Football Today. The end of an era. The greatest tight end in football history. That is not even a debate. He is retiring, and we are talking about it. And meanwhile, the second best tight end in football history, Jared Cook, is probably on his way to the Saints. Welcome to Dave Richard. I'm Adam Azer. What's up, Dave? Always sad when a big guy leaves uh, the ranks of the National Football League. Gronk is one of those guys. I uh, I enjoyed having him on my fantasy teams for a long, long time. And now I look forward to watching him at WrestleMania. Yeah, that, that'll be fun. And did you say Jared Cook is the second best tight end in history? Oh, my. Oh my. I, well, I think it's debatable. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't make it such a <laughs> You think it's debatable, huh? Okay. <laughs> hey, today on the show, we're going to have uh, Ryan Wilson on to talk about tight ends in the NFL draft. And we'll have Jamie on. Jamie's not here at the moment. He is in Phoenix for the owners meeting. And we talked about bounce back candidates on our last show. So today we'll talk about players who are going to take a step back in 2019. So Dave will give us three and Jamie will come on later and give us three. Let's talk about this Gronk thing though. That is the biggest news item. Also, Jarek McKinnon will stay with San Francisco. That is obviously big news. And Jared Cook, uh, close to signing with the Saints as of right now. Doug Baldwin is going to have surgery next month. So he is, that boy is banged up. Anyway, stat of the day number one. In three games in 2018 without Rob Gronkowski, Josh Gordon had 100, 130, and 81 yards. Three excellent games. Three of his four best yardage games of the season. In his other games, he only had one game with more than 70 receiving yards. Only two games with more than 58 receiving yards in nine games. Well, I guess eight with the Patriots without Gronkowski. But those three games without Gronk, Josh Gordon was great. Uh, okay, so Josh Gordon may not be a Patriot next year. And the big question now for fantasy purposes, who is most impacted by Gronk's absence in a good or bad way? It's Tom Brady. It's kind of obvious. Tom Brady, when when he was at his best, obviously in 2007 he had Randy Moss. When Tom Brady's been at his best for fantasy, he's had at least one difference maker on the field just a an unbelievable talent that really forced defenses to change the way that they played and when you go back and, and watch the Patriots last year the year before anytime this decade the way that defenses played them when Gronk was healthy versus when Gronk wasn't healthy there was a difference defenses had a hard time defending Gronk on a regular basis I think people know this and when you when you run off that stat about Josh Gordon, Adam, it made me realize, A, Josh Gordon does have the potential to be a very good player. I don't know about a difference maker, but maybe close to that if he really had his head on straight and was really focused and really met his potential. But the other thing that I thought about is the Patriots might not let go of him because you look at everybody else that they have in that offense. You know about Julian Edelman, and he's going to have his role. But there is there even a decent number two option in the passing game that's not a running back that Tom Brady's going to have if you know the season starts now? 
and I think Josh Gordon would have to be it. And maybe there's a chance Josh Gordon makes his way back to the Patriots before everything's all said and done. If you're in a best ball draft, why not take Josh Gordon with your one of your last two picks? So I knew that you were going to say Tom Brady would be the most affected. And I think sense. it's pretty obvious. I think like my dog uh, knew that I was well, going to say Tom Brady. I, okay, but I, I think that Edelman is most affected in a positive way. You know, I think the biggest mover to me would be Edelman because last year we saw him catch touchdowns at a rate that we had never seen before. And you might, and I think like Heath will probably say that's fluky. I don't, I don't really want to speak for him, but I feel like I've had this discussion with him before. But I would say that's the product of Rob Gronkowski not really being all that involved. Gronkowski caught three touchdowns in 13 games, 47 catches, 682 yards. How about this for Tom Brady, Dave? So he was the number 11 quarterback in, in uh, four-point, number 12, and six-point last year. Still had a pretty good uh, season, but only 29 touchdown passes in 16 games. And, you know, which is something that's becoming sort of typical for him is a late-season slump. But 2017, Tom Brady was a top-three quarterback. It was a down year for quarterbacks. He wasn't really that good. In fact, if you take his 2017 total, put it in 2018, he's the number-nine quarterback in fantasy. But here's something that really stands out. 2016, he only played 12 games. He was suspended for the first four games. You take a look at what Brady did in those 12 games in 2016, and you give him 16 games of that production, and Tom Brady would have been the number three quarterback in fantasy. What happened that year? New England was third in the NFL in rush attempts, just like they were in 2018. That was Blunt's 18 touchdown year if I'm not mistaken. And Rob Gronkowski played only eight games that season. Yes, Look he did. Look at what Tom Brady did. His passer rating was 112.2. 28 touchdowns, two interceptions in 12 games. His leading receiver was Julian Edelman, 1,100 yards and three touchdowns. His second leading receiver in one of his best seasons, 2016, was Martellus Bennett. 701 yards and seven touchdowns. After that, Chris Hogan... James White, Rob Gronkowski with between 540 and 680 yards. So, look, you're, there's no way that Brady is better without Gronk. But I just want to point out that just two seasons ago, I guess now three seasons ago, he was one of the best quarterbacks in football, and he basically did it with Gronk being not much of a factor at all. But he still had Martellus Bennett. Oh, whatever. So, I mean, There was still a solution at tight end. And uh, for what it's worth, he got four touchdowns out of Malcolm Mitchell, four touchdowns right. out of Danny Amendola, four touchdowns that. out of Chris Hogan. Like he had a semblance of a group of receivers on top of Julian Edelman. Now I don't know if he's got that. You don't think he can get five touchdowns out of Philip Dorsett? Uh, <laughs> yes, I think he can get five touchdowns out of Philip Dorsett. All right, let's but talk can, about you, your... can you name three other receivers <laughs> on that team? Well, James Who White. Who can get it? James White. No, Julian I'm not Edelman. talking about James White. They'll. Obviously, they're going to have to make an addition. They're going to have to. Chris Chris Hogan's still there, right? I mean, Hogan, Dorsett. He's a free agent. All right. He is so, not still there. They can move on from the the Christer. I was going to say the Hulkster, but, you know, <laughs> he he's not a good Hogan. So so tell me rankings now. Tell me the impact. Did you make any adjustments to players or what? Well, Gronk's out. Yeah. So that happened. No, they're really Brady wasn't in my top twelve to begin with. Where is he? Do you, do you know? He's I think he's like fifteenth. 
maybe 13th, but he shouldn't even be that high. There's just so many other quarterbacks that carry more upside. And I'll tell you who this affects that we haven't even brought up, and it's Sony Michelle, and it might be for the exact reason that I talked about when I said LeGarrette Blunt in 2016 had 18 touchdowns. It was 18 touchdowns, Adam. Yeah, I believe so, yeah. 18 touchdowns. Ran the ball. I'll look it up to see how often he ran the ball. He had 299 carries, 1,161 yards, and 18 There it is. So if the Patriots are going to morph into a team that runs the ball more, I'd like to have that running back on my squad. That means Sony Michelle in round three at the absolute latest. If really nothing changes with the Patriots and Sony Michelle, you know, gets rave reviews in training camp and Isaiah Wynn comes back healthy on that offensive line, we could talk about Sony Michelle in late round two. We could talk about him ahead of Damian Williams, for example. I really wish there had been more of a sample size, but yeah, when I looked at the three games that Gronk did not play, the player that was affected the most was definitely Josh Gordon. Like Edelman has his role, James White has his role. Gordon was the one who, like I said, had three of his four best yardage games without Rob Gronkowski. Uh, would you take James White or Tevin Coleman in PPR? I currently have Coleman ranked higher. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, would you take it's, it? it's on the assumption that Coleman is going to be the best running back in San Francisco and that James White doesn't get 12 touchdowns in 2019. Would you take James White or Chris Carson in PPR? I have Carson higher. Where do you have White? I've got him just outside the top 24 running backs in full PPR. Okay, Dave. Now, that's one that could obviously change. But I'm like you, I'm expecting the Patriots to do something for their passing game. And I would expect significant regression from James White. Well, Gronkowski really changed fantasy football. I mean, he and Jimmy Graham, not to say they were the first great tight ends, but it just, those two guys were... Uh, Game changers at the position. Why don't you reflect on Rob Gronkowski? I remember when he came into the NFL, and I remember that big dance he did with his family on draft day when the Patriots took him. And I, I, I wish, I wish you'd told me I'd have the chance to do this, Adam, because I would have gone back in my notes and found, uh, found, found what I wrote about Gronkowski. But I remember this. I remember thinking before the 2011 fantasy draft. And, and going over in the podcast and all that, saying Gronk has just this different type of size and body type, and he's got a great quarterback in Brady, and he's got a chance to be really good. Go get him. And I remember drafting him in a bunch of leagues in 2011, and he ended up coming up big then and pretty much big every year since then. And now teams are trying to find that next Gronk. Uh, I think that's what the Lions are trying to do when they when they got Jesse James, who's six foot seven. I think that's what teams are going to do when they draft TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant in the first round. I think that teams want to find that chess piece. And they'll they'll find it at any position they can. But at tight end, if you can find a guy that's 6'6", 270, and runs like he's 6'2", 240, and can block and be a nuisance in the red zone, that's what Gronk was. 
And the other thing that I'm seeing is how people like Belichick and Josh McDaniels and even Robert Kraft, they loved Gronk. They loved being around Gronk. Apparently, that infectious personality that we saw on the field and maybe in the occasional press conference, that was him all the time, every day. Guy loves to party. He even, he even partied when the Patriots lost the Super Bowl. That's right. Way back when. You remember that? The There's party. a video of him dancing shirtless mm-hmm. in a club the night of the Super Bowl and the Patriots lost. Guy's never had a bad day. And uh, now fantasy owners are going to have a bad time not having Gronk around. Couple things to promote real quick. Sportsline. Go to sportsline.com. Take a look. Right now is great. I mean, a lot of March Madness picks, analysis. Um, use the code HUDDLE if you want your first month for only a dollar. It's only $9.99 after that, but sportsline.com. Promo code is HUDDLE. And listeners, the madness is here and we're a step closer to one shiny moment. The best place to stay on top of all the NCAA tournament coverage. It's CBS Sports HQ. What is CBS Sports HQ? It's the free 24-hour streaming sports network that's built for fans like you and me. You'll find all the latest tournament coverage, including tons of highlights, analysis, and stats, everything you need to know about what happened in the game without any of the yelling, the fake debates, and the politics that you're going to find on the other sports networks. If you like listening to our podcast, you're going to love watching us on CBS Sports HQ. I think that's going to happen at some point. Um, no promises, but I think that will happen. But make sure you get that, get ahead of the game on CBS Sports HQ, and tune in from now until the Nets are cut down in Minneapolis for winning picks and bets from the college basketball experts, CBS Sports HQ. It's always on. It's always free. Download the CBS Sports app on your phone, your Fire TV, Roku, or Apple TV to watch today. Dave, I asked you for three players who will take a step back. I'll ask you for two more in a bit, but give me one right now. The one I'll give you right now is Philip Lindsay who was great last year and could be in line for more work this year, but I'm a little worried about his durability. I'm still worried about him being an every down back. I think he'll still continue to share with at least Royce Freeman, if not Freeman, and still Devontae Booker. I'm not a fan of the new offensive coordinator in Denver. I'm not a fan of how that offensive line is looking in Denver, and I'm certainly not a fan of Joe Flacco being the quarterback there. He will be a little more chancy with the football. He'll throw downfield, not necessarily lean on Lindsay out of the backfield. I could see I could see Lindsay taking a step back and see him more as a round four or even round five type of fantasy running back and not a round Whoa, three guy. Wow. Yeah, I'm not I'm that's gonna be somebody that I'm just not gonna end up getting. I'll be in too many drafts with people who want to try and, and cash on, on him for the second year in a row. And he's a fun dude. He's, he seems cool and definitely, you know, kind of upbeat. People root for those types of players. Certainly has the underdog vibe, but I just I don't see him matching what he did last year. Lindsey was the number eleven running back in non PPR, number thirteen in PPR. He did have only forty three percent of his team's carries inside the five yard line. We'd like to see that number go up. Um, and he's got, you know, he had the wrist injury and he will not be ready for OTAs. So Philip Lindsey says. Uh, Dave says he will take a step back. Um, he's definitely not. Yeah, I mean he's a, like a second round pick right now. You're definitely not getting him. No. Okay. Uh, I have a segment called Adam saw a movie, and I really want to talk about it real quick. So was this on Netflix in the comfort of your home, or did you actually venture out to a movie theater? It was on JetBlue on the ride on the way back from Fort Lauderdale. So. JetBlue, you've got a screen in the seat in front of you yeah. that's like three inches wide. Yeah, it's very small. By two inches tall. Right. 
Okay. The newer planes have bigger TVs. This one, no, not so much. So, you know, you got to keep that in mind because it doesn't really help the uh, the experience. But I loved this movie. I recommend this is, a, this is a very popular movie. But if you haven't seen it, you have to see it. Have you seen A Star is Born? No. Oh, my God. It is so good. It is so good. I can't stop talking about it. All I want to do is talk about it with people who have seen the movie. Well, that's not me. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not a... I don't know. I haven't seen that movie. I know everybody thinks I have bad takes. This is a good take. That movie is awesome. Wasn't it nominated for a bunch of Grammys? I'm sure. Well, I'm sure. I mean, Lady Gaga basically... Seduced, or Oscars or whatever seduced, it is. Yeah, Oscars. Seduced Bradley Cooper on stage at the Oscars. We all saw that. Did you see that? No. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> like, they're singing the song together, and it's just so romantic. And it's like, ugh. Like, you're married. Okay, anyway, see the movie. Injuries, news, and notes. New Orleans is close to signing Jared Cook. More on him in a moment. Jared McKinnon will stay with San Francisco. Mwah-wah. Why is that a mwah-wah? <laughs> what do you mean? That sucks. Maybe. Sucks. Uh, You're still bullish on Tevin Coleman. I think he's the the healthiest running back that they've got. I think he's the most capable of playing three downs. I don't I don't think there's any question about it. I think I think the 49ers tried to take a swing with McKinnon and they uh missed before the season even started and now they know that they can't lean on him too heavily. If they're going to lean on one back heavily, I think it's going to be Coleman, who's got everything going for him. I don't think he's either he's barely has a thousand touches over his career or he's just over and he's he's capable of playing three downs. Maybe the 49ers end up mixing and matching their running backs and it'll be a little bit of a headache. But I would expect Tevin Coleman to be the best running back in San Francisco. And I want that running back on my fantasy team. I want the best Kyle Shanahan back on my squad. Doug Baldwin will have sports hernia surgery next month. Are you going to treat him as if he has a clean bill of health or as an injury-prone, kind of broken-down guy? He's he's on the backside of his career. I think it's it's come to this. Great player when he was breaking out in the year after that. But I, I don't see Doug Baldwin being a top 15 type of fantasy receiver. This, he's, he's a player you'll take. Right around 55th overall. Doug Baldwin. All right, former Pittsburgh offensive coordinator Todd Haley said the Jets are going to have to get used to Le'Veon Bell's running style. And that's interesting, you know. I mean, is he going to have time to wait behind the offensive line, read a book, uh-huh. you know, eat some popcorn, and then get going? Because it's not he's not going to be running behind the Steelers' offensive line. No, and that's one of the reasons to not pick Le'Veon Bell. And on top of that, not only did Todd Haley say that, and it's true what Todd Haley's saying, basically he's saying that the offensive line has to sustain its blocks for a little bit longer than it normally would. There will definitely be times where Le'Veon is hit behind the line um, more than you'd like to see. And, you know, in Pittsburgh, maybe for every two times he was hit behind the line, he had one real nice explosive play. Maybe that turns into a three-to-one ratio with the Jets. Adam Gase also said, and maybe Jamie will bring this up at the at the coaches' breakfast in Arizona, that he, that he plans on 
limiting Le'Veon's reps. He doesn't want to burn him out. That's yeah. not good. We want Le'Veon to get burned out. Yeah, but of, you knew sorta. that he was going to say that because he never would have signed with the Jets if if they weren't going to ease up on the reps. That was the biggest reason I he think, sat I out think last he, year. Uh, please, he signed with the Jets because they offered him the most money. Okay, but he, if they he offer the most money and they're going to give him lots of reps, he will take those reps. Okay, uh, there, he'll get plenty of reps. Uh, Marshawn Lynch will make a decision about his future after the NFL draft. Jay Ajayi, there are rumors about the Colts. He's still talking to Philadelphia. Don't go to the Colts. Leave Marlon Mack alone. Dallas center he, Travis. He might Hunter. end up being depth by the time the season He's starts. He's too good to be just depth. He might be depth, I'm saying. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're right, but it, but it's not like, I mean, I'd rather them have. If I like a starting running back, I don't want that team to get Jay Ajayi, even though I know Ajayi would be the second stringer. He'd be obviously be a very good second stringer. Just think about the two teams that we're talking about. It's Indianapolis and Philadelphia. These are two teams that like to rotate their backs anyway. And obviously Frank Reich from Philadelphia. Yep. Uh, Dallas center Travis Frederick expected to be ready for offseason workouts, according to The Athletic. That is That's awesome. good news. It's yeah. really good news. The Rams matched an offer sheet for running back Malcolm Brown. I can't remember if I cut him or not in my dynasty league. I think I may have, which is disappointing because I have Gurley in that league. So I'd Go like get to. him back. Yeah, I'd like to. Houston signed left tackle Matt Khalil. Antonio Gates could return this season. Buffalo released Chris Ivory. John Gruden said tight end Darren Waller will get the chance of a lifetime. Uh, did I say anything recently that has made you excited? Absolutely not. <laughs> not even Gates returning because I think he would be – what have I called him? The mascot? He's basically the mascot for the Chargers offense. Mascot will catch a couple of touchdowns every year. Not somebody who will be... His best fantasy days are done. How about Antonio Gates lasting longer in the NFL than Rob Gronkowski? Well, yeah, well in terms of age, not even close. Uh, Tampa Bay could cut Gerald McCoy. He's still a good defensive tackle. Darren Sproles could be back with the Eagles in 2019. Marquise Lee, I mean, this must have been a real serious injury. He may not be ready until late in the preseason. Marquise Lee for the Jaguars. And Darius Geis expected to be ready for training camp. Jamie's going to come on later and talk about the Redskins running backs. Dave, two more players who will take a step back, and then we will talk to Ryan Wilson about the NFL draft and the tight ends there. So you gave us Philip Lindsay. Let's talk about Jared Cook. Assuming yep. he is on the Saints, you're still not really – Feeling it, he was the number five tight end in fantasy last year. He was the number five tight end in fantasy and the number one option in Oakland's passing game, especially after Amari Cooper got traded away. And that's not going to be the case in New Orleans. And I'll pose this question to you, Adam. When's the last time a Saints tight end was very relevant for fantasy? It was only three years ago. It was Ben Watson. He was a top eight tight end. And what did he? What what were the numbers for him? Uh, he had seventy four catches, eight hundred and twenty five yards, and six touchdowns on one hundred and nine targets in sixteen games. That's Ben Watson. He was seventh in non PPR, fifth in PPR in two thousand fifteen. Since then, it's been Fleener with six hundred thirty one yards and three touchdowns. Fleener with two hundred ninety five yards and two touchdowns, and then Watson with four hundred and two. Uh, 400 yards and two touchdowns. So three straight years of terrible touchdown, uh, tight end production. So it was actually four years ago when Ben Watson was uh, top seven tight end. 
I think Jared Cook can finish in the top 10, but I think it'll be numbers that are right around the six touchdowns. That's what Ben Watson had three years ago. Six. Yeah. And Cook had six touchdowns last year, but he almost he had almost 900 yards with it. I don't think there's any chance he even gets close to 800 yards. I think he's going to be like 700 yards, six touchdowns. The weeks where he scores, great. He'll be he'll be awesome for your fantasy team. But he's not going to be relied upon in the same way as uh, as he was last year in Oakland. Career high, 101 targets. Career high, 68 catches. Career high, 896 yards. How many targets do you think? Because because Watson had 109 targets. In 2015. Yeah, I, I think it'll be under 100 for sure. I think it might be closer to like 85. I, I think there's going to be some weeks where Cook is a non-factor or maybe he only gets three targets and he scores a touchdown. He's not going to be that number two guy for them. They've they've gotten by mixing and matching who their number two is week after week. Or maybe it's simple as saying that Michael Thomas is the number one and Alvin Kamara is the number two. So maybe we're talking about who's going to be that third option. Maybe Cook will be the best of their guys, but there will be weeks where he disappears. There were weeks last year where he disappeared, and well, that's yeah, when of course. he was the number one guy in, in that team's passing game. Sure, sure. Does he affect Michael Thomas or Alvin Kamara negatively, do you think? No. Okay. But the next, if the Saints add another big time, no, big time, if the Saints add another player that could see a lot of playing time and a lot of targets, then yeah, that'll start to weigh on Thomas and Kamara. Hey, real quick programming announcement. I believe our second show this week will be on Friday. It will be somewhat of a mailbag. It will be a dynasty show. We're going to talk a lot about dynasty. That is the goal. So uh, please stay tuned for that on Friday. Your last player who will take a step back. You've already given me Philip Lindsay and Jared Cook. How about Derek Henry and his massive game? Four touchdowns, like, oh, gosh, I don't remember, 220-ish yards against yeah. the Jaguars. Yep. It started the end of a, of a you know, it was the beginning of the end of the season, and that that end run for him was just outstanding. So, yeah, Derrick Henry taking a step back. And you, he didn't really take a step back even after those two big games. He finished those four games with almost 600 rushing yards, seven touchdowns, pretty crazy. He's, I, I think that that's just unsustainable. I don't think that that's saying anything. I just don't think fantasy managers should lose sight over what he did before that, which was averaging right around 40 rush yards a game, five touchdowns in 12 games. It took him forever to score last year. I still believe he's going to end up splitting carries. I still think this offense is going to be a quagmire. I don't think Marcus Mariota will get the job done uh, to make defenses worry about the passing game. Definitely don't love the offensive coordinator situation. I think Derrick Henry is going to just, he's going to have to run like a man possessed like he did last year in those last four games. And I don't see it happening. So I'm hoping that people don't buy in to Derrick Henry based on how last season ended and uh, look at him more as a, as a player who's going to grind for the occasional great game, handful of good games and a lot of subpar games. As I look at the Fantasy Pros consensus rankings, I see Carrion Johnson, Chris Carson, Derrick Henry, Devontae Freeman, Damian Williams. Yeah, Williams is ahead of all those guys for me. I think the one that I would take Henry over is Carson. 
they're back to back for me. I've still got Carson do you, a notch who, ahead. Who do you like, Henry or Devontae Freeman? I've got Henry ahead of Freeman. Okay. And I have Henry a spot ahead of Fournette, two spots ahead of Marlon Mack, three ahead of Tevin Coleman. I guess I'm not saying I, I guess what I'm saying is if it's late round three and you need a running back, Derrick Henry might be the best you can get. But I wouldn't I wouldn't target him with that second round pick or even that early third round choice. And in PPR, he's going to take a, a even steeper step back because he's just not catching enough sure. passes. I was hesitant and careful actually not to name this a bust episode because it's not, it's not like these guys are going to be bad. It's just they're right. taking, there, a step there are back. circumstances where I will draft these guys. It's I just expect others to take them before I do. All right, Dave, good stuff. Let's talk NFL draft. The Patriots could be in the market for a tight end in case you haven't heard. And there are some good ones. So we'll bring on our NFL draft expert, Ryan Wilson, right now to talk about it. Welcome back, CBS Sports NFL draft writer, Ryan Wilson. How's it going? Hey, Adam. Thanks for having me. You should probably, you should have to call me by my CBS Sports podcast host, Adam Azer. Yeah, we're very formal CBS Sports podcast host, Adam Azer. I should point out quickly, I know we're short on time here, but I was scolded last week by Will Brinson by not mentioning that I often appear on the Pick 6 podcast, which is part of the (laughs) CBS Sports podcast family. So let me do that quickly before I get yelled at. All right, Azer, continue. I'm sorry. Sorry uh, for yes. that uh, public service <laughs> and, announcement. And I and Will, just so you know, Will Brinson, and so everybody else knows, I did ask Will to come on the show today, but he unfortunately we couldn't make the times work. So we he was ro- watching Robbie. I'm sure he'd take Robbie to the park. <laughs> to swim lessons. So um, <laughs> <laughs> of course. All right, tell us about the tight ends, the ones we really need to know about for uh, the NFL draft. All right, it starts at the top with T.J. Hawkinson out of Iowa. He and his teammate out of Iowa, Noah Fant, are the two number one guys, both almost certainly first-round picks. T.J. Hawkinson could actually be a top-ten pick. He's that good. He's a fantastic blocker, fantastic pass catcher, and he reminds a lot of people of of Rob Gronkowski. He's more Travis Kelsey to me, but I figure uh, fantasy-wise, those guys will work out if you're looking for for a tight end. Noah Fant, uh, his teammate in college, isn't a blocker so much, but uh, he is every bit uh, the pass-catching uh, sort of phenom that Evan Ingram is for the Giants when Evan Ingram has someone to throw him the ball. So those are two first-round talents, different skill sets. Both can go down the field, both super athletic. After that, it's Irv Smith Jr. out of Alabama, who uh, a little smaller. He's like 6'2", 245-ish. He reminds me a little bit of Delani Walker in his prime. And um, he's another guy you didn't see him do a lot at Alabama because that's because Alabama is so unbelievably talented. But uh, he can block and he can certainly catch and, and create mismatch problems in the middle of the field. He's a fringe first-round guy. He'll probably end going in round two. But I know a lot of teams like him and a lot of teams like him for his versatility. And um, the last guy I'll mention quickly here, and I had him going at the with the 64th pick in my two-round mock draft that came out Monday, Jay Sternberger out of Texas A&M. He's a one-year production guy because he transferred in. Uh, played at Kansas, Kansas or Kansas State. I can't remember early in his career. And then went to junior college, but uh, he's not much of a blocker. But he is a fantastic athlete down the field, contested catch guy. And um, while he won't replace uh, Gronk in terms of the whole whole thing that Gronk brings you to the brings to the field, his athleticism and his ability to to make plays down the field and, and create mismatches is, is something that I would imagine that would appeal to uh, Bill Belichick. I uh I I was taken back by how fast these guys were at the combine, especially Noah Fant. Uh, I think he, his straight line speed was in the four five range, which is outstanding for a tight end. Uh, Ryan, is is there one of these guys that's NFL ready? Where and maybe it's it's Hawkinson, where they they can get drafted to a team, be a starter week one, and be a contributor to that passing game in week one. 
Sorry, I was on mute there. To go to, I think you're exactly right, Dave. It is. It starts with Hawkinson, who can. I've had him going as high as seven in, in mock drafts, which come out every week. I had him going seven to the Jaguars a few weeks ago, and that makes a lot of sense to me because if they're sick with Nick Foles, they desperately need help. They don't have much in the way of tight ends, and he's a guy who could roll out of bed and immediately contribute. But also, I think Noah Fant could also in the right system if he goes to the Raiders, for example, where they'll just uh, let Jared Cook get away to the Saints. He's a guy who could who could play, doesn't have to play in line. He could split in, uh, play in the slot, and be a huge contributor uh, in the in the same way that Evan Ingram was early in his career. And those two guys sort of jump off the page at me as guys who could contribute sooner rather than later. And I love you got Hawkinson going to the Packers at twelve in your latest mock draft. That would be that would be terrific. Wow. Um, if yeah. we could do some comparisons, I was just looking at a, a scouting report of O.J. Howard from NFL.com by Bucky Brooks from a few years ago. And Bucky Brooks called him the most complete tight end prospect in 10 years. And he's got some quotes uh, from some scouts, uh, head coaches, just just loving O.J. Howard, who slipped a little bit in the draft. I can't remember. Where, what do you go, like 17th, 18th or something to the Bucks. But do you think that uh, these guys are how, – how does Hawkinson, I guess, since he's the best prospect – compared to O.J. Howard as a prospect? He's uh, much more developed. He, he doesn't look like O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard looks like a grown man. Right. And Hawkinson, you know, he's 6'5", 250 or whatever every tight end seems to be. He ran a 4'7". And at first glance, you might think, oh, that's a little slow, but that's what Zach Ertz ran, and Zach Ertz is doing okay. And uh, so he's not physically imposing like O.J. Howard. I think he's more developed. I think he's a better route runner. I think he does all the little things a little better. Um, because the thing with O.J. Howard is he was going to, you know, come in and, and sort of be the big play down the middle of the field guy that the Bucks were hoping um, Jameis Winston could use. It, it hasn't worked out to that effect just yet, but I feel like Hoggison is more uh, NFL ready, if that makes sense. And like I mentioned, he's more Travis Kelsey in, in terms of his development. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that I would imagine is appealing to a lot of teams. It's exciting. Where does, where does he rank among wide receivers? Like if you had to rank Hawkinson – Oh, that's a great question. Along with, you know, the DK Metcalfs and uh, if I were Brown, team, where, where does he rank among them? Would he would he be at the top of the list by any chance? That's a great question, Dave. If I were the Patriots, for example, and I could take uh, either a tight end or a wide receiver first because they need both, I would take TJ Hawkinson over DK Metcalf. Um, I don't even think I didn't even hesitate much on that question. Now, someone like Marquise Brown, the the smaller wide receiver at Oklahoma, who compares to Tyreek Hill, if he's healthy. I'm taking him. Um, Akeem Butler's another 6'5 wide receiver at Iowa State who, who's a playmaker down the field. I might be 50-50, but I think pushed on, on, the, on the issue. I'm taking Hawkinson just because you feel so comfortable in what you're getting and there's no concerns like there are with D.K. Metcalf in, in terms of him having to learn how to run routes because he knew that old Miss or, or the durability issues or, or the fact that he's so raw. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Dave. How, how good of a route runner is Hawkinson? Fantastic. I mean, the way scouts talk about it, you think uh, they were talking like about O.J. Howard as sort of Azer just read out those scouting reports. But <laughs> legitimately, people are really excited about this guy. And he sort of came out of not nowhere, but the, the conversation coming into 2018 was Noah Fant because who's insanely athletic. And Fant had a good season. And Hawkinson had a good season, too. And that's more of a function of the Iowa's offense. But when people started studying, studying them both deeper and watching their games, Hawkinson jumps out at you. He does everything well. And the only difference between him and Fant, one of the issues, is that Fant's 
two tenths of a second faster than the forty. And Fant's not quite the blocker. Fant can block, but he's uh, less of an inline guy. And, and Hawkinson, by all accounts, you watch him play. Like there's nothing this guy can't do. Well, really, Ryan, this whole segment was just an excuse for me to talk about how much I love O.J. Howard. So thank you for giving me that opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We appreciate it, man. It's good stuff. And rookie tight ends, they could be a little risky, but you know what? Sometimes they pay off. And Ryan Wilson, I'm sure we'll have you on at a later date. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Dave, thank you, by the way, for joining the show. Hey, my pleasure. All right, so that's Dave and Ryan. When we come back, we'll talk to Jamie Eisenberg and wrap things up here on Fantasy Baseball Today. Remember to email us on Fantasy or Football, fantasy football, fantasy football today. today. Remember to email us, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com, and we will be right back. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's going on, Jamie Eisenberg? How are you, Adam Azer? I am I'm good. I'm good. I'm really good. I'm excited for, uh, for opening day. Excited to share a couple of fantasy baseball teams with you. And then also football. There's that, too. Uh, Yes, football is typically what we talk about here, but I'm excited about our fantasy baseball teams as well. Good. I know. I just kind of forgot where I was for a second, which podcast I was hosting. So listen, you've (laughs) you've already heard from Dave. You've already heard from Ryan Wilson. Here's Jamie's turn. Uh, Before we get into Jamie's players that are going to take a step back this year, you had a chance to speak to Mike Vrabel about Derrick Henry? Yes. uh, I'm going to paraphrase because it literally just happened – Within the last hour or so, so I haven't gone through my uh, my, my conversation with him, but um, the uh, the gist of it is, he said, you know, I said, what clicked for him last year uh, toward the end of the season? How does that carry over this year? And he said, basically, he started to run a little bit more angry, a little bit more with a purpose. Um, he said everything around him started to click a little bit better. He referenced kind of the the downfield blocking, and he said, you know, we we had some three yard to five yard runs that turned into ten to fifteen yard runs. And so he said everything was just kind of working in, you know, uh, uh, consistent, you know, group uh, down the field. But he said, you know, he's got to have that same approach and everybody has to have that same approach. So I, I think, you know, if you have realistic expectations for what Derrick Henry is and not the 200 yard game, or whatever he had against Jacksonville, I think you're going to get that guy for 16 games. I think he can sort of build off what he did last year, but uh, not necessarily be the, you know, number one or top five running back that we saw at the end of last season. With the news that Jarek McKinnon is going to stick with the 49ers, are you taking Derrick Henry or Tevin Coleman? 
Oh, uh, Henry. Yeah, uh, Coleman is uh, – I'm still a little bit curious how this is all going to work out. But, yes, uh, definitely going to take uh, Derrick Henry ahead of Tevin Coleman. Okay, after the 238-yard game, I may have mentioned this already, but uh, he had 33 carries, 170 yards, and two touchdowns against the Giants. And then uh, 21 carries for 84 yards and a touchdown against Washington. See, that's that's the guy I think you're going to get. If they're in competitive games and able to lean on their ground game, then you're in good shape getting those type of numbers. That That, I think, is not necessarily the ceiling, but I think that's kind of on the hopeful, optimistic end of what you can – you know, think that you're going to get a good game at him. Yeah, it's 21 carries, 84 yards, and a touchdown. And and Adrian Peterson is another guy who, you know, had some 20-carry games. Let's take a look right now. First week of the season, 26 carries, 20 fantasy points. Uh, let's see, seventh week of the season, 24 carries, 9 fantasy points, 107 total yards. Eighth week, 26 carries, 24 fantasy points. This is all non-PPR. We know he doesn't carry the ball, uh, catch the ball much. And last game of the season, or second to last, 26 carries, 11 fantasy points with 127 total yards. He also had a couple games with 19 carries, three games with 19 carries, in fact. And he mostly uh, produced when he got the work, but uh, this is a guy that you are saying, Adrian Peterson, will take a step back in 2019. Well, I mean, it, it, the obvious you know, reason is because of Darius Geist being healthy. And um, uh, Jay Gruen talked about that today, saying that he expects him to be ready for training camp. Um, you know, hopefully he's going to get some work in in OTAs. But, you know, if you just look at having the competition of what guys should be, that's going to be something uh, that will significantly hurt Peterson. It wasn't, you know, you understand it from the team standpoint, why they bring Peterson back, because you don't know what guys will be. Um, But if, uh, if in fact, he's anything that we hoped he could be before the ACL injury last year, then then that's going to make Peterson's role less important and less valuable. So hurts both of their fantasy values. Oh, man. I mean, even if Geis is not healthy, I want nothing to do with Adrian Peterson. Although I, I suppose, okay, I want nothing to do with him in non-PPR. I suppose when we start getting around pick 100 in a PPR league, you know, he's if he if he's in line to get a bunch of carries, he could still do okay. If Geis is healthy? If Geis is not healthy or if Geis is healthy but, you know, not really a big factor an eight-carry-a-game kind of guy. If Adrian Peterson is still the primary ball carrier for Washington, we are talking about what's going to be a terrible offense. So you wonder how many scoring opportunities they're going to have. You're talking about a guy who catches about one ball per game. You know. he's Jamie, no. I No. No on Peterson for me. Yeah, no, same here. Okay, who else? Damian Williams. This one's a lot more interesting. He'll take a step back, and he was just putting up some some crazy numbers. Uh, his last four games, 18 fantasy points, uh, PPR, 18 fantasy points against Baltimore, 29 against the Chargers, 24 at Seattle, 12 against Oakland. Damian Williams. And then the playoffs. And then the playoffs. Oh, yeah, forget the, the playoffs. Yeah, we're nuts. The playoffs were just ridiculous. A 25 so, against the Colts, 35 against the Patriots. Those are all PPR. Look, he's he's uh, he's in a good spot, um, but... Uh, I think you noted this on one of our shows previously. His career high in carries was 50 uh, right. for a season. A season high in carries was 50. So you're asking a guy to step into a situation where he's got to do that over 16 games. Um, the last time he had this opportunity was when he was with Miami. Jay Ajayi was traded. He was competing with Kenyon Drake. Obviously, you know you, you can look at the two guys and say Drake probably the more explosive player of the two. 
But at the time, Williams, I think, was 24 years old. I think he's 26 or 27 now. Um, he had he had the chance to you know take advantage of that of that opportunity. He got hurt, and so you just have to wonder: Can he stay healthy? Uh, can he hold off Carlos Hyde? And I don't think that they're done adding to their backfield. So um, I think if you get him in the right spot, like I'd be okay with him round four. Uh, but you know, we've seen round two. I think you're going to end up seeing his average draft position if we were drafting now, probably round three. Uh, to me, that's just too expensive. One question I have about Damian Williams is really about how good Carlos Hyde is. He's certainly someone who I feel like people don't think he's such a great running back. Maybe he's like, he's fine. But nobody thought Damian Williams was any good, you know? But you go to Oh, it's Andy Reid. Right. right. Andy Andy Reid is obviously going to, you know, give him a ton of opportunities. It's just a matter of, you know, he, he's, I think, a little bit limited in just the type of, you know, upside play that he is. Which one? Williams. Okay. I, and that, that's my concern. Like, I would rather let someone else take Williams and regret it, but settle for Carlos Hyde three rounds later. Yeah. Okay. And who's your last guy who's going to take a step back? Uh, you have to remind me because I texted you. There's a million things going on here. Eric Ebron. Oh, yes. Yes, that guy. <laughs> um, look, 14 touchdowns was amazing last year, but they added another red zone piece with, uh, with Devin Funches. Um, I spoke to Frank Reich about that. He said, you know, he's, uh, he's another guy that has a big catch radius, big target. Um, I got a chance to speak to, uh, one of the Colts beat writers who I trust. Um, prior to the coaches speaking, he said, you know, that's going to be a red zone threat for, for Andrew Luck, who likes those big targets. And so, you know, if Ebron stays in the same catch range and yards range, but comes down, let's say four or five touchdowns, um, which I think is probably on the low end, I think he probably comes down six or seven touchdowns. Um, you know, you're talking about still a good player, still number one tight end, but I think he's going to get, possibly overdrafted with the hope that he does that again. And you also have, you know, hopefully Jack Doyle coming back in 100%. What if I told you that if you took seven touchdowns away from Eric Ebron, got to make sure my math is right here, that he would have been the number five. Yeah, he's number four. You took seven away from him, he'd be the number five tight end in fantasy. Oh, I, I, I think he's still a number one guy, but you're at, you're at, you know, your question was, who's a regression guy? And yeah. he's, you know, screams off the page just because of what the touchdown tells me. Let's just say it's worse. Let's say, you know, Doyle comes back and takes, let's say, four of those touchdowns, and Devin Funch just comes in and takes five of those touchdowns. And then Ebron, just by the nature of what his game is, drops, uh, or loses another touchdown just without, you know, those guys just taking it away. So you're talking maybe it's nine touchdowns, maybe it's ten touchdowns. You know, who knows what it, what it could be. You know, he's never done this before. So um, there's a lot of risk, you know, with chasing just those numbers. Yeah, and here's the thing. So the way tight end finished last year is Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle, Ebron, and then a little bit of a gap. Well, Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle, gap, Ebron, gap, Cook, huge gap, everyone else basically. So even though Ebron would have been the number five tight end instead instead of number four, if you take away seven of his touchdowns, you are really talking about the Austin Hooper, Kyle Rudolph, Trey Burton range. And obviously those guys were not players that you wanted to start every week. Fact is they're just were basically three oh, I would say Ebron. There were four tight ends that we were that we were definitely starting every week. Jared Cook became one. We've talked a lot about him. Um why don't you give your reaction to uh, the tight end news, Jamie? Uh the Gronkowski news, the Jared Cook news. And um first first Who's affected the most, do you think, either positively or negatively right now by the Rob Gronkowski retirement? 
Well, I, I think, you know, negatively clearly is, is Brady because you look at this receiving core, what it is, it's, uh, it's ugly. Um, you know, you have Julian Edelman. Philip Dorsett had some good moments when he had at least five targets last season. You figure he's going to be in that range. He's not a, a, a bad guy that could benefit from this that you're looking with a late round pick or later round pick. Um, I think Sony Michelle, you know, James White, those guys based on their specific roles, White in the passing game. Michelle clearly carrying the ball is, you know, you'd think that's the focus of what this offense is going to be. Um, Edelman was the number 22 PPR receiver last year with missing four games. So, you know, if he's able to play 16 games, that puts him closer to maybe the top 10. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. Uh, so, you know, there it, it's kind of the, the, the two-sided coin with, with how this works. Um, but Brady was already going to be drafted as a, as a number two quarterback, I think, or ranked as a number two quarterback. Whether he was going to be drafted that way remains to be seen. Uh, but there's also, you know, now this puts them in play. There are, there are four first-round caliber tight ends. Um, the two kids from Iowa, the kid from uh, uh, Alabama, and then uh, I'm sure Ryan covered this, you know, the, the four guys that will potentially go in the first round. And the Patriots will be in play for one of those guys. For sure. TJ Hawkinson, a Noah fan from Iowa, Herb Smith Jr. from Alabama, Jay Sternberger from Texas A&M. Sternberger, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't think of where he was from. I didn't want to say the wrong school. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't worry about it. We don't have that many Aggies listening. It's all good. <clears throat> so, yeah, and, and Dave is not really feeling Jared Cook. Even going to New Orleans, he just doesn't trust the guy who's been so inconsistent in his career. Uh, I think you have to know what to expect. You're going to get probably five really good games. And probably three to five really awful games. And then, what is that, ten? So six mediocre games. Who do you like better, Cook or Ebron? Still Ebron. What do you make of this stat? Back to Eric Ebron. Jack Doyle played in six games last year. Eric Ebron caught seven touchdowns in those six games. Yeah, I, I think, you know, when both guys were healthy, they were able to use Ebron outside a little bit more. But now you have what I would figure just a touchdown hog or somebody who could share the touchdown role in Funchess. And it's almost like, you know, we, we you probably heard this phrase a lot, uh, the Patriots car wash. You know, you, you take a guy that has been bad someplace else and put him on a, on a better franchise. Um, I think Ebron had that situation for him, and I think Funchess will as well. And so, you know, he's on this one-year prove-it deal for the Colts. Um, I I just think that's going to impact. You know, it makes Andrew Luck that much more attractive. Okay, and then last thing, just to further the point. So, yes, while Ebron did have seven touchdowns in six games with Jack Doyle, in those six games, he only had more than 51 yards once. So he really, really needed those touchdowns. And I haven't gotten in on the fun. I haven't given a guy who I think is going to be worse next year, going to take a step back. So, I don't know who I want to say, but I will. Well, I mean, there, there, there are the obvious ones of you know guys that we talked about, Todd Gurley. Um, well, you know, Mah- his... Mahomes was like Mahomes is probably the poster child for this. I think he's the headliner because you just can't have a year like that. It, it, uh, you just can't do it again. There's, just, I'm sorry, fifty one hundred yards, fifty touchdowns. No sure. way. I don't know if he's getting forty touchdowns. You know. Yeah, I um, I'm doing. Um... Uh, you know, we do two editions of our magazine. The first edition is going to have, at least the plan is to have Mahomes on, on the cover. And I'm writing the story. I've been working on it since the, the Pro Bowl. Uh, I spoke to Andy Reid about him in particular. And he said, you know, defenses are obviously now seeing a year of what he can do. 
Um, they're well aware of, uh, you know, just the type of player he is. He's like, but we are going to add wrinkles to the offense and, and certainly have the ability to put him in better situations. Um, you know, I spoke to uh, a lot of defensive players at the Pro Bowl, a lot of guys at the Super Bowl about him, his teammates included Tyree Kill and, and Travis Kelsey. Um, one thing that would certainly, uh, drive home your point is, is Tyree Kill going to miss any time? And Andy Reid's, you know, spoke about that at length today sure. saying he doesn't know yet. And so the, you know, they're still waiting to see whether that situation is going to play itself out. I would say regardless, I mean, there's just statistical regression coming for Patrick Mahomes. You just take a look at, at Peyton Manning and his, uh, you know, record setting year and what he did the following year. He was great, but it's hard to put up 50 touchdown seasons back to back years. I am interested. And but what I, would you say Mahomes falls to? Number, number one quarterback, 4,800 yards, 40 touchdowns, something like so that. So he loses, he loses 10. Yeah, sure. What do you think? I think he can still get the forty-five. That's a total. lot. That's a lot. Oh, uh, total. total. Yeah. I am interested to see if Christian McCaffrey's numbers will go down. I'm nervous with him. You are? Just the line. The line is so is, is shaky. The line's bad. You got to figure Cam should be able to throw the ball downfield better, and maybe McCaffrey doesn't get 124 targets. And will he have seven touchdowns? I mean, Cam Newton. Did not how many? Do you know off the top of your head how many uh, rushing touchdowns Cam Newton had? I do not. Okay, so I, that was a big thing. He just didn't really get. He had four. I, that's not super low for him, but he has had a couple of like double-digit rushing touchdown seasons. Then he's missed time too. So. Yeah, so I feel like McCaffrey could be like the number one pick. Some people might take him number one in PPR. Some people might. No, take him no, no, no. I've no. seen it because when I did the poll. Who should be number one? Gurley, Zeke, Barkley, I think was the poll. Some, and then someone else. I got a lot of responses that said Christian McCaffrey. Now this was before the, uh, that, this is before Ingram was off the Saints officially. So I bet some people might consider Alvin Kamara there. I, I don't think it'll be consensus number one, but I think some people will take McCaffrey number one in PPR. But. Yeah, I mean look, when I, when I say I'm nervous, I'm still taking him in the first round. It just, that offensive line scares me. Yeah, I think he might go like number two. Two in PPR, maybe uh, ADP and performance. I, I don't know like how you, I don't know how you could take him ahead of uh, Barkley or Elliott. Well, you could you could project fifty more catches than Elliott. Not if you look at what Elliott started to do once they got Cooper catching the ball. I think fifty is a stretch. So, I mean, Christian McCaffrey scored one fewer fantasy point than Saquon Barkley. They were basically tied for number one in PPR. Zeke didn't miss any games, did he? No. Uh, I don't believe. Did he play Week 17? No, he did not. But he scored... Sorry, this is all off the top of my head. He scored like 57 fewer fantasy points than Christian McCaffrey in PPR. McCaffrey had 107 catches. Zeke had 77. So, man, Zeke had 77 catches? That is sneaky good. Wow. And I don't think his touchdowns are going to be as low as they were a year ago. Hey, listen. I would definitely take Zeke over McCaffrey. I feel like some people in PPR, you know, twenty percent of people might might do the opposite. Look, if 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 the the Panthers are able to fix their offensive line through the draft, you know, anybody that that they're able to still sign, it, it'll certainly help McCaffrey. McCaffrey's not going to be bad. It's just I'm just a little concerned with the guys in front of him. Have how's uh, Phoenix treating you? Uh, good. I uh, let's see. Um, 
I was walking out of a bathroom yesterday and nearly got hit in the face by John Gruden walking into the bathroom. <laughs> really? Yes, he, uh, he he was aggressive opening the door. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think anything you gotta else. Got to be careful uh, with that. Like that is just bad etiquette. He should know better. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's I'm John just, Gruden. Just That's gonna, what he wants. Yeah, yeah. Gruden can do what the hell he wants. Uh, uh, no, the, the, you know, the coaches were, were good. I, I spent a lot of time focusing on, um, the stuff that I'm going to be doing for our magazine, but I got a lot of news and notes. We'll share most of those on, on our next show when we have some more time. Cool. Um, but, uh, no, it's fun. It's always All fun right. to be, uh, be at these events. Yeah, that's great. And I look forward to hearing about it. I think our next show is going to be on Friday. I may have mentioned that already. And just so you know, full disclosure, I'm recording this interview with Jamie before the, first part of the show so i don't know what i've already mentioned but i assume i've mentioned <laughs> i was gonna say something to you when you said this uh when you, you said it before like i may have mentioned this I'm like just 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 be transparent yeah yeah it makes sense right <laughs> you're, piece, I, you're piecing this show together because we're all over the place right so um this this is being recorded first and i will uh, i will say though um one of uh you probably heard me say how much i'm excited about this guy um bruce arians is not taking me off the ledge by any stretch with what he said about chris godwin today oh really he said he could he could see a hundred catches from out of the slot. A hundred catches, wow! I guess. Uh, all right, let's end the show with this. How many wide receivers caught one hundred passes last year? I'm going to guess seven. I was gonna say five. Oh my gosh, we're way off. Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Adam Thielen, Juju. Devontae Adams, Antonio Brown, Stefan Diggs. That's eight. Not even close for me. Eight. Well, better than me. I, I think my guess is Odell would have been on pace for that. Uh, what did he play? 12 games? He had 77 catches. Let's do the math. 77 divided by 12 times 1603. Good job. And I think maybe AJ Green too. Yeah, I think so, but I don't feel like doing the math again. Jamie, thank you very much. Thank you for making me get the calculator out. You don't want to go through and continue to do this exercise? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, I want to thank our listeners. And on Friday, Jamie's got his notes from the owners' meeting. Wait, did you did you just say receivers? Because there was a tight end that went over 100 catches. I just said wide receivers. I did. And, Travis Kelsey, uh, 103. Also, Dynasty. That's right. It's time for our Dynasty show. We'll talk Dynasty on Friday. Zach Ertz, um, 116. Catches. And how many running backs? Um, McCaffrey. That's it. Oh, yeah, McCaffrey. So it was 11, guys. That's Unbelievable. Jamie we are now finishing the show. Have a great No, we're not finishing day. the show. Got to go back. Bye. Bye. <laughs>